Hello, this is James Ippolitti, host of Out of Silence. I wanted to jump in just to let you know that you may hear that it is the Songsmith Podcast or Creativity Gurus Podcast. Season one of both of those have been combined to the name Out of Silence, and that will be the name moving forward for any interviews that I have about creativity. So don't be confused. Songsmith Podcast and the Creativity Gurus is now under one brand, Out of Silence. Peace. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm so serious. Super easy. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Mostly, I'd use the computer, but I just did the phone, and it was super easy. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And doing that yourself is a pain in the butt, so so happy they do it for me. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get creative. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of The Creativity Guru. My name is James Ippolitti, and on this podcast, we talk about creativity. In this first episode, I speak with a longtime friend, Gina Andrioli, who is a filmmaker, author, musician, songwriter. We discuss all things creativity. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, I'll put in the link below information about Gina's YouTube channel. And if you enjoy this, you can throw money in the tip jar at my Kofi. Link in the description. Now, let's get to the conversation. The word inspiration, you know, to inspire is like to breathe into, right? This Mm -hmm. kind of idea that there is something outside of us. Do you think that creativity has some level of a spiritual thing to it. And that's why we're kind of talking about the muse. Back in the ancient Greeks, it was like these nine goddesses or something. Mm-hmm. On your own creative stuff, do you have those moments where you're like, where did that come from? Because, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about maybe they created something and they no, have no idea how they got that or got to that place. With you writing now, do you get in those places where you're sort of just caught up in this and it feels like there's something else working with you? I know what you're talking about. I definitely have experienced that before. I, I think for me that that has mostly come through with poetry and music. Like when I write songs, which I'm, I'm not, like I say, I'm not a musician because I'm not like you. I don't really play instrument. I, you know, bang out a few chords on a guitar, but sometimes I'll just be, and it usually happens when I'm in like a pretty heightened emotional state, even like, you know, like a sad state. Like I feel like sadness to me is more connected to the muse than other emotional states. I remember reading Stephen King's book on writing and I know I think you've re- talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I have that. it right here, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a really good book. Um and he's very very disciplined and of course very prolific. And he said if you, you know, if you show up the same time every day, you know, chances are your muse will too. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that. I definitely believe in that. Like I I try to write in the morning. I don't, 
Uh, that's my dog opening the door. Um, I don't try to, I don't do it every single day, but I do it most days. And sometimes like there's no divine inspiration. I would say most of the time there's no inspiration, but sometimes I'll just be, it usually happens when I'm driving. And if I'm feeling like sad or I would use the word depressed, just melancholy, I think is a more romantic word for it suddenly just a song or like a lyric or a poem will just kind of come through me. And I try to write it down. Like I don't write songs or poems that often, like it's not like a regular thing, but they have like come through me. And to me, when I do get that, I make sure I do write it down. I, I try to work out the chords on the guitar, very, you know, basic stuff. And then one of these days, I would really like to put all my songs together, all the songs that I've written, and maybe have some other people record them. Because I have written, in my lifetime, probably an album's worth of songs, but I just, uh, you know, not a musician, but those songs, Duke and Poems, kind of come through me. So those are the times when I really feel like the connection with the muse. That's And that's interesting you say that, because I've read things where there's, some people believe in the creative world that the idea of this melancholy or the suffering artist or something to that effect um, can be toxic. Uh, do you think, uh, you know, because some artists in the past, I forget who said it, but basically if you're, if you're um, content, you have a harder time creating. If your life is going well or things are just fine do you find that that do you feel that way about creativity that if your life is just going around smoothly and everything's good that it's harder to create because we pull from the dark areas or do you disagree with that well I disagree with that in that you know I do like a regular uh schedule of writing so um I'm not feeling sad every day. Thank God. You know, I mean, it's, it's work, you know, it, it really is work. Like I'm working on a a new story for one of my Wattpad stories. And I, I wake up and look at it and like, okay, I got to now write this next chapter. And, you know, I sit down and I, sometimes I put a timer on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a thousand words in one hour. And I, you know, to me, that's work, you know, Um, but it's fun work, but it's work. The other thing that you're saying I mean, I, I do I do think there's a toxic side of it. You can go into like this place where, oh, I've got to be suffering to yes. I don't I don't think that's healthy and I don't I wouldn't encourage that, but sometimes really getting down into some strong feelings where you find these uh, you know, like pools of truth or whatever, that's where you're gonna find a lot of the good stuff. And um Right. I think I think you and I have both matured creatively where we understand that you can have a life where you're content, but still know how to reach those deep areas, those wells, Mm -hmm. you know, of emotion and not have it become your life where I think a younger artist and, you know, I'm sure I was guilty of it in my youth of just like, you know, I need to I'm oh, I'm so, you know depressed and uh, I need to write and if I'm not you know if things got better then I probably would have nothing to write about you know 
Well, well, yeah, because um, I mean, one, I mean, one place that I find so much inspiration from is just in nature and just getting out and, and walking, like I go to Tyler park and, you know, I do like a hike and that, I mean, that's not being depressed, you know, that's, not, <laughs> that's being happy and healthy and, and being in, in tune. So it can, it can work that way through, uh, through, uh, that way as well. But the, the depressed, like you can be, you can get so sad or depressed that you become incapacitated, you right. know, and then you I can't do that. anything. I find that to be more true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not recommending, but I, I guess what I'm saying, it's not even depression. It's like, it's strong feeling, you know, strong feelings and strong emotions, not suppressing them can, you can tap into uh, inspiration and art and, and let it flow through you and create something like I, in, in that way, like art is therapy, you know? Yeah. I, hundred percent agree with that. And that would be a whole nother, I think, uh, discussion, art and therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, but since you've done a lot, you know, not just writing books and songs and, and also the web series and things with film, Mm -hmm. do you, do you feel like it's, it's all sort of connected the same way, like the way you find inspiration or is it different if you're going to be working on a film? Uh, cause you're, you're working with actors and you have, yeah. a lot more people involved than sitting there writing your book. Well, I think that you have to like, uh, I'll give an example. Like when I did the weirdness, which is a very, um, and I have it on my YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's, it's a, that was a very, uh, kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? Experimental. I was just kind of going with impulses in the writing process, mm-hmm. you know, when I was writing it, I was like, I, I don't know why this is, image is, is sticking with me, but I'm going to just use it. And it, it was, it was great. It was a great, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> you know, how the product is, but the, the, the process was, was really great, a great experience. But then when it gets down to actual, the brass tacks of, you know, making it, uh, that you have to be super organized. So you can't be, uh, you know, feeling it on the set when you've got like a job to do and you know I think it's it's a it's a process of being very disciplined and very logical like you have to be able to put it all together where do you think you learned that because I think a lot of artists and I see this a lot with uh all types of artists is they just sit back and they say, I, I feel I can't be inspired or I I'm waiting for inspiration or, you know, um, nothing's coming to me. Like, but you, as long as I've known you, you've been very disciplined in, in what you do. At, at what point, like, were, do you feel like that was a lesson you learned that, you know, Hey, you, and you brought it up several times that it's work and, uh, whether I feel inspired or not, I'm going to sit down and write, or I'm going to get this, uh, thing shot. You know, I have to say it, it really was a way of life for me growing up. That is how I think I survived a very <laughs> traumatic childhood. I don't know. Like we always, I mean, we, it, it was, I had a very crazy upbringing, but we were always creative you know, we didn't have, I mean, there was, 
we had, you know, one television with two channels on it and we had a, <laughs> you know, a stereo with, with albums and we would just all day long, like I'm thinking in the summer, we would be putting on plays, writing songs, drawing comics. We used to do this thing and I actually would recommend this as a, as a thing to do uh, as a, like a good sketching thing. We did this we played this game called draw draw ins and we like, it was kind of like a play. This was in the sixties when we were little kids. It was kind of mm-hmm. a play on the words like love in. It was a okay. draw in. That's funny. And we play the radio and I think it was WFIL in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. So, right, so we're listening to the radio and for the duration of the song, which is like four minutes, let's say you have to draw the song. Like you, we would like do, like a drawing based on the song. So if it was like a monkey song, we would draw whatever was happening in the song, like a quick sketch. And I wish that we had like kept some of this stuff because we would do these uh, these sketches. I mean, we, we would do that for hours. Yeah, that's amazing. And we would do elaborate musicals. And, you know, so, so it's not something I, I learned to do as an adult. It's something that I always did and I just never stopped doing it. And, and that's one thing I would like anybody who's looking to, to do art, I think back to when you were a kid and I know you grew up in a very creative way, mm-hmm. you know, think back to when you're a kid and it's like, just do that now, <laughs> you know, play, play as an adult. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of. I think it's Picasso that it's the uh, mm-hmm. the artist is the child who never grew up, or something to that effect. Um, yeah. So, when it comes to the muse, do you think there is some kind of divine invent intervention, or do you think it's just our brains kind of trained and things spark inside the brain? I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> I guess that's it's that's part of the mystery. I I think it there is a a divine kind of uh knowing that's not it's not purely logical. I know that. It's kind of a, a seeing of a, a feeling, a seeing something, a moment where something makes sense or an expression. See, I, that's this is where you and I will differ. And I'm not saying I know an answer here. I don't. That's why I'm I'm exploring this. I don't know if you read the book uh, Big Magic. No. I think you would like it. It's by it's. I never read Eat, Pray, Love, but it's the same author. She brings this up a lot about these type of things that would happen. And like you just said, it's it's a mystery. And I have, as a creative person, I've had those same mystical, weird experiences with creativity, and yet I don't believe in a divine thing so to me i'm curious as to what those things could you know like she looks at it in an interesting way as as if ideas are sort of these living divine things that are trying to find somebody to bring them forth into the world right Mm -hmm. and and i'm sure you've had an experience where you had an idea and you didn't follow through and then later you found somebody you or you heard about somebody who did that same thing you were thinking of doing. Yeah. And it you, always makes me really mad. Right. right? <laughs> that I was know. my idea. Yes. <laughs> and so she explains it in a way where it's like, sometimes these ideas, if you don't do it, they get impatient and move on to someone else who will bring them forth into the world. 
you know, I, I, well, I had, I'll tell you a quick story of sure. that happened to me recently about this. Cause I am also very skeptical. Like I, I, I'm open to these ideas of the mysticism, but I'm also extremely skeptical. And, uh, just recently, well, a couple months ago, I was, I, I had this powerful synchronicity where I was, um, I, I, for just, I was walking to the, the uh, post office and suddenly I just thought of the Dow symbol. Mm-hmm. It just kind of hit me. And I, you know, I, I mean, I've done a little reading about Taoism, but not that much. And as soon as like at, at the moment where that symbol filled my brain, I turned and I saw the symbol on the side of a, like on a, like a van, like painted on the side of a van. Like it was a logo or something. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Right. And then like maybe a day later I started, I just had this impulse to search for jewelry and I don't even wear jewelry. Like I, I, ha- I wear one ring, my wedding ring. And I'm like, you know, I want to buy a ring. I, I'm thinking I'm going to buy a ring and something like with a moonstone. I don't know. I just started thinking of that. And so I went online and I was looking for rings on, you know, on Etsy and, I didn't really find anything that I liked. And then the next day, Joe and I are walking down by the river and I was telling him the story about seeing the Dow symbol. And just when I just finished the story, I saw this thing glittering on the ground and I picked it up and it was a ring with a Dow symbol and a moonstone. Yeah. I'm holding it right here. God, that's so weird. Yeah. I got it right here. And it, uh, you know, this is like, it's the ring is like really big. So I'm not going to, and I did actually go put it on Facebook to see if anyone lost the ring, but no one got contacted. So that, that brings up something again, that comes up a lot in creativity and in success and talking about life and things in general is this idea of manifesting things, Uh um, which I have a very hard time with this manifested, you know, that the book, the secret is all about that, you know, right. Right. You think hard enough on it. Um, But your example is exactly sort of what what they're talking about, right? You know, there's this Dow yeah, symbol in it, your head. I don't know if you can, you can't force that kind of stuff though. I think that's the problem with messages like the secret or yes. these, or there's a lot of shysters out there that will mm-hmm. tell you, oh, pay me this money and I'll help you find your twin flame or something, you know, like, like, and, and I think you remember from uh, Gemini Rising, the unicorn yes. character. I've always been fascinated by the, the fake, the false guru character. And I love making fun of that character, you know, because I just think they're so full of it. So I'm very skeptical about anyone who's like, Oh, well you just have to do this. And Oh, by the way, make sure you sign up for my, my, yeah. my, yeah, all the, all that. I hate that. I, that is to me against everything that, what I've learned through, through these synchronicities or whatever you want to call them. So why, why, and, and I think that the idea behind this sort of synchronicities and things like that and creativity and, and ideas and inspiration, is it, would that be a coincidence that that happened or is there something else? It's a strange occurrence, but could it just be coincidence? It could be. But I think it's like if if I find meaning in it, then it is a synchronicity. Like for me, 
I could have just kicked that ring out of the way and not even noticed it, you know, but the fact that I did see it and pick it up and made it into something meaningful to me made and it. So that did meaningful. become something meaningful to you? It actually did because I had been a, kind of on a spiritual path this past year with COVID, you know, kind of losing my job for the year and everything. It's kind of was a, a really good opportunity to get in touch with some of this stuff. So I have, not that I've become like a Buddhist or anything, but I have been, you know, open to these, to the flow. Like, I think that that's what the message was. And I know, uh, you know, Tao is all about the flow and it's, it's being in the flow and going with the flow and not forcing things. And I think that that is also good when you're approaching art. Yeah. There is a book called flow. I have read that book and it yes. is very good. And I can't pronounce the author's name. No, but. me neither, but it's really, <laughs> it's really good. And I read it that a long is. time ago, but it, I'd like to read that again. Yes. And the idea, and if you're a creative person, you have experienced flow. You absolutely have lost mm -hmm. time and been sitting. It's, it's an amazing uh, experience to be in it that deep to, yes. and to, I think, again, that is a therapeutic thing when when flow hits that it's absolutely just, yeah there's it's it's such a high you know and that's why i think that you know i mean this is probably a topic for a different time and i hope we will do this again but like being blocked being like a blocked creative or blocked artist is a, a real thing and opening yourself up and freeing that block uh, and and i think there's a lot of you know, self-imposed tension and, you know, maybe societal things that we absorb and family things that we absorb that you need to just get away from that. Like, like if you go, or I'll, I'll speak from my experience. Like if I start to write something thinking, is this book going to sell? I've killed it. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, absolutely. You cannot, or if you're drawing and you're thinking of, Oh, this, this is sucks. And this is going to, people are yep. going to, yeah, you know, I, I've talked about this re this week, actually, mm -hmm. of people, you know, um, don't judge your self-worth on the, the end product, but judge right. that you're doing the work and that's all that matters. Like get in, get involved with that because you're right. And I think you understand as well that if you are open to it, there's not enough time to get the ideas you have in your head out. Right. Right. And it's the minute you start imposing those things like, oh, you know, is anybody going to like this or all or even the fear of it being good, any mm -hmm. kind of, of block. And mostly it's always fear um, yes. that will stop whatever this is. Whatever that flow is, it will absolutely get blocked. And I, I find. I guess this year for me, I I've been open. So I don't know, like, I don't feel like I'm blocked. I don't ever feel like. That's awesome. It feels to me like natural self-expression. I mean, that, that's what tends to come out in the books, I think. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are times where it's always, um, tempting for me to make a joke at an inappropriate moment. Um, that happens in life too. Uh, and, um, <laughs> Uh, I'm probably better off writing than than actually talking to people, but yeah, um, it gets me in trouble too. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there are times when you have to rein yourself back. But basically, that mix of of 
comedy and pathos is something that I, you know, I really want to, to write and, and what I pitch for. And I like watching the movie and people are laughing for the first two thirds and then they stop. And that feels, that feels right to me. Yeah. It feels honest. Now, when I think of Nick Hornby and I think of films, I think of great music. Uh, in fact, being a fan of Badly Drawn Boy was what threw me to About a Boy. Uh, just, I love that soundtrack. I love that band. Yeah. Um, how much were you involved with the music for an education? Because it's a great soundtrack. Well, it is a great soundtrack. I All I can say is that I had an aural aesthetic for the movie, but I didn't know the music. Um, it's not my thing. Uh, I just knew that everything Jenny listened to, or all the music in the film, had to sound older than she was. In other words, the music helps make the world seem sophisticated to her. A lot mm -hmm. of the rock and roll at the time was about being a teen, and yeah. I didn't want that in the movie. Now, did you discover any uh, music during this that you were like now a huge fan of? Um, yeah, there were there were things. I, I love that Mel Torme song that um, uh, that. Jenny and um, Danny dance to when, when David gets jealous and then takes her off and proposes. Um, I think also that Beth Rowley's original in the film is fabulous. Um, you got me wrapped around my little finger because it sounds like a standard that she right. wrote it for the movie. I was sorry, I, I felt at one stage she had half a chance for an Oscar nomination and it would have been so cool if she got one. That would have been awesome. Uh, now, I also heard that you're working with Ben Folds. Can you tell me something yeah. about that? Um, uh, we've been doing this project for uh, a while where um, uh, I send him words and, and he writes songs for them. And um, I think we're probably just about done now. So we hope to have an album out in the spring. So all the lyrics are mine and all the music's his. Now, how do you, how do you figure that out? I mean, I'm a songwriter myself. And, and uh, I mean, do you think in melodies when you're writing this or, or in... No, no, it's been... What I've learned is that uh, for a song to be great, it has to have great music, and it can have bad words and still be a great song. <laughs> That's true. There's um, so many songs you know that you, you realize what the words are later, and I didn't realize that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, but you, you cannot have a great song that has bad music. It's all about the music, I think, really. Um, and Ben's a genius, so I can send him... I mean, I can try and pay attention to rhythm and scansion and the beats, but... Um, uh, ben turns them into things that actually sound proper, and um, I've really enjoyed it. And it's been a real thrill to uh, log on in the morning and, and get a new Ben Fold song um, on my email. That must be something, especially with your lyrics. Now, do you play an instrument? No, nothing. Wow, I'm surprised. You never had a desire to play guitar or, or pick it up and learn? Well, I tried a bit. I, uh, the sheer hopelessness of the endeavor really depressed me, so um, uh, I, I, I try and stick to things that I'm half decent at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. All right, what's next? I know A Long Way Down was uh, you know, optioned by Johnny Depp, but then I'm not sure if he's still attached to it. No, we've taken that back, actually, and Amanda and Finola, who produced an education, they're producing A Long Way Down. Do, we, do you um, know how long that'll be till we see that? No, we, uh, I think they're, they're expecting a new draft any day now. So, uh, you know, if it's moved on, as we hope, then, then maybe we'll be sending it out to cast uh, in a couple of months. So, um, you know, that, that's, looking, that's looking promising. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I love that book. Now, do you think it'll Thank be 
um, in America or it will be in Britain? No, it'll be in Britain. It'll be, it'll be set in Britain, yeah. I mean, I'm not against uh, you know what they did with High Fidelity, actually. Like no, it. me neither. Uh, yeah, I, um, I think it would make no sense. You know, we've got a British writer and British producers, and uh, I'm sure it'll stay in Britain. Okay, great. Uh, how about novels? Do you have anything coming up? No. Um, Juliet Naked came out in the autumn, and uh, it, I've been kind of swept away with all this stuff. I haven't really done a, very much writing for a few months, so um, I'm looking forward to getting back to something um, on March the 8th. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have tried other screenplays, correct? Like trying to write original screenplays? Yeah. Um, I, I I just got bogged down in them and I, I couldn't find a way of making them work. And um, I think this was the first one I've actually wanted to stick with. Uh, so um, I think I've learned a lesson from this, but I shouldn't give up on things. But if you stick with them, good things can happen. Yeah, this is an amazing film. I really enjoyed it. Um, now, our show, mostly our listeners are writers, screenwriters. Do you have any advice to aspiring screenwriters? Uh, well, I think just try and find someone you can work with. Uh, I think it's really hard to produce a movie in a vacuum. So if you can find an independent producer who thinks the same way as you about things, or if you can team up with a director or anyone at all, who's involved in the business, who, who can offer you feedback in, in a creative way, um, then I'd take it. I, I, what I wouldn't do is just sit on your own and do draft after draft on your own. Right. Now, do you find it, would you, like, write as a co-writer, like, a film? Um, do you think you could work with another screenwriter and, and develop sure, a film? Yeah, that, yeah I, I, that's something I've actually tried before, um, uh, and uh, I enjoyed greatly, and I, I'd absolutely do it again. I, I, I'm trying to do an animated project in the UK with a, with a friend, and we'll co-write that. Oh, that sounds good. Do you, do you tell us anything about the animated project, or? Well, it's called the Baby Makers. It's um, it's about the people who live in the womb and and bolt babies together, uh, like little <laughs> mechanics. So um, it's set inside the human body, and and. Uh, the, the drama of the film is that the, the baby's toes escape and they have to go and track them down. Wow. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Sounds like I've taken a lot of drugs, actually, when I when I tell you it like that. Um, okay. Uh, just to, um, running out of time here, but uh, what about a favorite beer? Do you have a favorite beer? Favorite beer? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I love um, Adnan's Ale. Adnan's Ale? Adnams, A-D-N-A-M-S. All right. I want to try that one then. I'm, okay. I'm drinking uh, Rogue Dead Guy Ale is my favorite right now. But, uh, right. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And good luck at the Oscars. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. It's why do you think you said, I'm going to, be that type of artist is it just who you are because you know you could have and i don't want to sound negative you could have been a wedding photographer right yeah probably made Uh more money um Mm -hmm. and i'm not putting down any wedding photographers so don't text me and yell at me or anything but i'm saying (laughs) why do you think you went that route where you want to have that it's just is that your core i yeah that's that's i think that i went this route because you know 
for me, it made the most sense to to have the most impact um, in the most efficient way. You know, again, like I, I am very interested in economics. I, I love the concept of efficiency. Um, I and, you know, so I, I love the concept of efficiency. I, I, I don't want to spend an enormous amount of my career doing something when I realize later on that I could have been like, oh, well, if I just worked like significantly harder, I could have accomplished all of the things that I did, but just in a different way. Um, you know, so, so there's that side of it. Um, in addition to that, I also am, I am like so endlessly agitated by people holding really strong opinions that and I feel like I just keep saying this in every interview that I do, um, but people ho- holding these really, really strong opinions when they don't have correct information right. or when they don't do that true hard research to really learn something. Um, well, it, like, you, just, getting, you just answered it. It is hard work. Okay. It is hard work. And people are lazy. Yes. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. And they don't yeah. want to know. People are lazy. It's easier to be and ignorant. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's easier because also the people who we are just statistically surrounded by are people like us. Right. You know, if, if I was not going to, um, if I was going to do this project and I was only going to do it with people who were in the block that I live on, I would get a certain answer and I would have a certain basis of opinion after doing that. You know, and, and the same thing would go for you and anyone else. Right. Like, you're not going to expand your horizons, your your understanding of other people's lives if you ask your neighbors. And one of the things with my line of work, again, like I worked in marketing. I worked in the nonprofit industry. I worked doing photography. I've worked with gang members. Like, I have this really weird set of skills where I can do this. Like, I am, I love spreadsheets. I have thousands of spreadsheets. I have many pages to the spreadsheets. They're very complicated. Um, I will bother you. I will Instagram message you. I will not stop until you respond to me. Like I'm using all of these weird skills that I obtained from all of those other different worlds and lives that I've had to complete this ridiculous feat because scammers don't want you to find them. Like it was very hard finding the scammers who I have found just so far to interview and to have take the survey. Um, you know, and I, the reason why I don't think anyone's done this is because it's ridiculous. Yeah. No one would want to do this. Like yeah. they'd start doing it and they would stop because it's horrible. <laughs> this has been very difficult to do. Um, but I, I am so irritated by people not understanding at least even what scammers do. And, uh, I have, you know, I have to do something. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to do something with my life. And I have the skills in the background to get it off the ground. So, like, that's 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 kind of why, you know. Now, you said that phase one just happened. Yeah. yeah. When is phase yeah. two? So phase, so, phase one, um, I just wrapped the exhibition. I'm right now shipping the show around to other places to see if I can just pop it in different spots. Um, phase two is going to be kind of like... Uh, a social media documentary type situation where I'm going to continue doing what I did. I'm going to keep trying to get people to do surveys. I'm going to add some new surveys in different languages. Um, I'm going to keep working on my interviews. So I'm going to build more and more content. I need at least a thousand more survey responses. Like I'd like to get somewhere close to there. Um, I'm not near there anywhere near there, but I want to get there. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to do some in-person surveying. So it means you'll see me on the streets of New York trying my best. Um, and then, uh, 
I am also going to start shooting with participants who I've been working with for several years in person. So I'll go to Nashville, I'll go to Florida, I'll go to Wisconsin, and I'll shoot with individuals in the spaces that they function in. And then I'm going to be taking out their faces. Um, And then phase three is an exhibition with that new data, those new images mixed in with some of the previous um, images from the first exhibition. And then the fourth uh, phase is a book with oh, yeah. some uh, some really meaty data from everything that I've collected uh, with a good amount of statistical analysis, some charts, so on and so forth. Um, and in, uh, some more of the, like a longer quotes from interviews and a sampling of the photos. Nice. Why'd you call it Grayscale yeah. Economics? Yep. The Grayscale Economics Project. What, what's, where's that name come from? What do we, I'm not an yeah, economics so that, person. <laughs> The, the, well, actually it's not even from economics. Um, okay, good. <laughs> it's a, it's a play on a couple of different things. So it's a play on a couple of different things. So, um, in, in the culture of individuals who exist on the dark web and who do, um, things in that realm, uh, they have identify identifying markers for one another where there'll be like a white hat, a gray hat or a black hat in form of determining, you know, this person does very, very bad things. Um, that's a black hat, a gray hat's a person who's like, mm, they're kind yeah. of okay. And a white hat is a person who's like a Robin Hood type figure. Okay, got it. So I took that. Yeah, I took that and used it kind of in conjunction with the the gray scale, you know, like that sliding scale. Yeah. Um, but also because I think that this idea entirely with individuals who function in non-traditional economies, there is always this gray area. And this entire project is really looking into the details and into the the first person, the lives of the people who experience this, you know, where is it that they feel they fit? Um, and, and what do the participants or the people who view all of this stuff feel? Um, so really focusing on that, there's nothing that's really like, I, that's why I don't like the words illicit and illicit. There's nothing that really is like illicit. There's nothing that's really illicit um, other than in like the view of the law. Um, but you know, uh, kind of honoring that middle. What about a hitman? Would a hitman be illicit? Somebody who was yeah, a hitman. That would that would probably be illicit. All yeah, right. you could you that, could you could categorize that. Right. So I haven't found see how any far we could go. So yeah, you haven't yeah. had a hitman, but I'm just saying in general, that would be like because I could see how sex work to me. I one, I think it should be legal. I mean, legal across the country. Mm-hmm. I have no. Just because it's happening, it, we could put things in place to protect the workers. Um, yeah. There could be uh, things t- uh, for them to get tested. You know, there'd be so mm-hmm. many. They'd have health care type things. Uh, it would yeah. be a much better world. I also think drugs should be illegal. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, this country going for that. But let's say somebody's listening and they say, you know what? I'm, I'm somebody in this grayscale slider and I want to talk to brass rabbit how do they get in contact with you to be interviewed yeah so um there's there's a whole bunch of different ways i have tried to make myself very contactable um you can go to my website there is a contact for my website or you can just search the word words grayscale economics project um it should pop up my website will pop up uh for those of you who don't want to do that my website is uh, brass-rabbit.com. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and message me. You can, I prefer the people don't like comment on 
public posts as, as a way of inquiry because right. it's best to keep everything kind of anonymous. Um, you know, I want to keep everything anonymous. And um, on the website page as well for Grayscale Economics, there are QR codes and there are links to the anonymous surveys. You don't have to ask me for a survey. You can just get one and take it. Um, on my Instagram profile as well, I have my link tree set up. It has both the uh, English and Spanish survey on there as well. So you can take that super quickly. The surveys are only 12 uh, questions long and they take about four to like 20 minutes, depending on how much info you want to give. Uh, they don't ask for any information at all. No, I have no way of contacting you. So no email, know where you're from, uh, your name, your pseudonym, nothing like that. So everything is 100% anonymous. I believe in my on my website, the contact form for reaching out for an interview, it just says, give me a nickname even. Okay. So that's yeah. cool. So yeah. um, I have a question just because I saw it. Well, first of all, is did Art All Night happen in Trenton yet? No, no. Good question. Um, Art All Night is happening. It uh, starts on this Saturday, and it is going to go till Sunday, I believe, at 3 p.m. Okay. God, I'll probably be working. But um, it's all night, so I can go in the middle of the night. Is it doing virtual, though? Is it virtual this year? Yes, it's all virtual. Um, I will be hosting a panel oh, discussion okay. on Sunday. Um, so you could tune into that, but everything is all virtual. All right, I forgot. Um, yeah. 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 I can't wait till it Because of back. COVID, unfortunately, yeah. but maybe next yeah, you year. Know, that's another question. Does, did COVID affect you artistically in any way? That's a great question. Yes. The whole year affected me quite a good deal. Um, you know, from the, the space that I used to curate for that closed. So that was a big sudden, like, end to things. 